Certainly this man was innocent. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. I love parades. Uh, my little town, uh, well, where I used to live, Newburyport, every year in the summer has this uh, Yankee homecoming time. And at the end of Yankee homecoming is this great parade down the, the big uh, main drag of Newburyport. And it starts out with the fire engines with the, and the police cars with their sirens blaring. And then, of course, uh, we get the bands with the different kinds of music. It's a festive atmosphere. People lining the streets, people eating, uh, people in the parade throwing out candy for the children and some of us who still think we're children. Uh, I love parades. It ain't Thanksgiving without the Thanksgiving Day parade on my television set. Uh, even had a chance to go once, got up, I don't know, it was either 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning uh, in southern Connecticut to catch a train into the city. And, you know, New York's a beautiful city, but it is a dangerous place. But there we are all along the parade route having a wonderful time talking to each other, complete strangers in this festive atmosphere of a parade. And there's nothing like a victory parade when it's your team, Right? My office uh, for, you know, 25 years or more was right in government center. And every time the Red Sox and the Patriots had a parade, it went right past my office. And I remember going downstairs and standing out there. The din was outrageous. It was a raucous event, uh, just as loud as could be deafening sounds. You know, the players all in their floats, waving, eating up the adulation of the crowds, just having a great time. The crowds chanting for their favorite player, whoever it was, uh, and just a roar every time uh, one of the floats came by. Lots and lots of fun. Lots of fun. Well, I wonder if it wasn't like that in Jerusalem at the time Jesus entered on this Palm Sunday. You know, there, there were probably hundreds of thousands. One person even says maybe there were two million uh, plus people based on the number of lambs that were sacrificed. Apparently, you had 10 people for each lamb and 250,000, somebody discovered 250,000 lambs were sacrificed, something like that. And they had found out, John tells us, that the great crowd was on it, that was on its way to Jerusalem had heard that Jesus was coming. And so there they were, lining the streets, and they were probably really loud, like that day, those days in Boston. Really loud, chanting, as we just did, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And, of course, the other Gospels tell us they also shouted, Hosanna, or save us, what Hosanna meant. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful feeling. What a joyous event, throwing their coats down as Jesus passed by on the fold, welcoming their king. He's come to save us. Just a few days later, 
away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a common criminal. Crucify him. Crucify him. And he is crucified, even though everyone knows he's innocent, right? Pilate, I find no guilt in this man. Later, he says, I did not find any, this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. The second criminal on the cross, right? He's innocent. The centurion, the Roman centurion, who probably knew nothing of all this Jewish religious stuff, certainly this man was innocent. It's, it's an understatement, isn't it? Words aren't good enough to say that this was an incredible injustice. Just a few days after the crowd was adoring Jesus and welcoming his king. What happened? Did Jesus know what he was doing? Were these events an accident? Was what happened a surprise to Jesus? Did he make a mistake by going into Jerusalem like this? Let's take a look and see. Was it an accident? Not a chance. Jesus planned this day. Jesus planned this trip to Jerusalem. In fact, it's all a part of God's great story. Beginning in Genesis, from Genesis to the incarnation, to this Palm Sunday, to Good Friday, to Easter, to the ascension, to today, it's all part of God's big plan. In fact, this very event, <clears throat> with the very event of the crucifixion, we see clear hints of in the Old Testament. We see it in the story of Abraham and Isaac. We see it in the Psalms, some of which are quoted in today's passage. We see it in the prophets, especially that famous passage in Isaiah 53, 52 to 53. This was no accident. The trip to Jerusalem was clearly planned. Luke tells us in chapter 9, shortly after the transfiguration, that when the days drew near for him to be taken up, to be crucified, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Well, Jesus had been to Jerusalem before, right? And as we look as we read John's gospel, we see that he'd been there at least four times before, and there may be many others that aren't recorded. But on none of those occasions is there any indication that Jesus made any kind of a dramatic entry. He went there, and he did stuff there. Some of what he did there was dramatic, but no dramatic entry. But this dramatic entry was very carefully planned, right? Right? He had spoken to, he had obviously spoken with the owners of the cult. He'd spoken to them and they had agreed on like this password almost that 
when these guys come, my disciples come and ask you if they can have this colt, uh, and you want to know, ask them what they're doing, and they will say, the Lord has need of it. Planned. Jesus planned this. The choice of a donkey was very intentional. You know, Jesus here was doing something called an enacted prophecy. He was acting out the words of Zechariah 9.9. We see the prophets do this in some occasions when words aren't enough. God has the prophets act out certain things. We see it in Jeremiah. We see it in Hosea acting out the prophecy. The prophecy here from Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus was making it clear, I am a king, and I am coming to my kingdom. And this would have caused, the crowd would have known, the Jewish leaders would have known what Jesus was doing and what he was saying by this action. They would have known. Also, riding on a donkey, he's coming in as a peaceful king, not a warrior king. And also, he chose a donkey very, very intentionally, one that had never been ridden before. Because a donkey that had never been ridden before was okay, was right, appropriate for a sacred action like the rider coming in as a king. So Jesus did this all very intentionally. This is no accident. Well, was Jesus surprised about what happened on Good Friday? After the adoring crowds of Palm Sunday, not surprised. In fact, he knew them better than they knew himself, themselves. And yet he went anyway, knowing full well what would happen. Jesus knew there was a price on his head. In John's uh, gospel, at one point after he has healed the man Uh, at the pool at Bethesda. John notes, this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. And then we see, you know, this passage, this entry into Jerusalem happens very shortly after he's raised Lazarus from the dead. And we see before he goes to see Lazarus, he's telling the disciples, my brother Lazarus is sleeping. We need to go see him. And the disciples say, whoa, wait a minute. Don't you know they're after you? They want to stone you in Jerusalem? And then at the end, when they decide they'll go, Thomas says, yeah, let's go. Let's go die with him. He knew what he was doing. He knew there was a price on his head. He also was not surprised because if you remember, 
the, the day when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And the disciples say, and then he says, who do you say that I am in Jesus? Remember, Peter proclaims him as the Messiah. You are the Christ. Well, right from that point, the Gospels tell us Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Jesus knew this. He had told his disciples this. In fact, he told the disciples this three times, according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And in fact, in two times in Matthew, he said it was going to happen at Jerusalem. And one time in both Mark and Luke, he says it's going to be in Jerusalem. No. Far from being surprised, Jesus was demonstrating incredible courage, faithfulness, and love in walking into or riding this donkey into Jerusalem unarmed, not as a warrior. He knew in the midst of that wild, joyous crowd that he was riding to his death in an act of voluntarily willing surrender to the will of the Father and for the need of the world. He knew as he was going through that crowd that was adoring him so much, he knew that he was going to his death. He knew that they would betray him. He knew them better than they knew themselves. Not an accident, not a surprise. Was it a mistake? Was it a mistake for Jesus to take this route? to ride into Jerusalem, openly proclaiming by his action that he was a king, unarmed as a peaceful king, when there was a price on his head, knowing that he would be killed. After all, he had committed no crime, right? Certainly this man was innocent. Jesus, you did nothing wrong. I find this man guilty of nothing was it a mistake to go in this way as an innocent person? No. No, it wasn't a mistake because there was only one way for Jesus to accomplish the mission that he came to accomplish. See, the crowd didn't really know what they needed. They were under the oppression of the Romans and they wanted the Romans off their backs so that they could be themselves again, worship their God the way they wanted to. Some of the you know, riffraff in the crowd were also hoping that he'd get rid of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they laid heavy burdens on the people, right? And the people couldn't keep the law and they wanted someone to come and save them, set them free from this oppression but they didn't understand the depth of their bondage. They didn't understand what they really needed. They thought if they were set free from that oppression, all would be well. 
But Jesus knew better. Jesus knew the depth of their bondage. Jesus knew the real extent of the problem. He knew that to make things right, to set the people truly free, their sins had to be dealt with. And the power of sin and death had to be confronted and defeated. It wasn't enough to come up and set up a worldly kingdom where he administered justice among the people in Jerusalem throughout all Israel. Their sins had to be dealt with and the power of sin and death had to be defeated. And there was only one way for that to happen. The death and resurrection of God himself. This was no mistake. It was the salvation of the world. It was the ultimate act of love by a loving God. Not an accident, not a surprise, not a mistake. Well, those wonderful victory parades of the Red Sox and the Patriots always came to an end. Noise settles down, players go back to their homes, wherever they go. Crowd disperses, they all go home, back to work. It was tough going back to work that afternoon. The cheering of the crowds abated. Crews came along and cleaned up all the debris, and soon you would never have known that the parade had even happened. Well, here we are. This Palm Sunday, right? It's not an accident that we're here. God is not surprised that we're here. It's not a mistake that we're here. Not a mistake at all. We've waved our palms. We've chanted, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and Hosanna in the highest. We've done all that. But it's quiet now. After the service, we'll disperse. We'll go home with our family to lunch. Maybe watch the masters. Even that's quiet. And we'll go back to work tomorrow, back to our regular lives. As we do so, will we welcome Jesus as King every day? Will we accept his invitation to walk with him to the cross? Will we accept his invitation to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, to die with him, to rise with him, and to follow him from there? It is an act of courage to do that, isn't it? It's an act of courage and faithfulness. I had this crazy dream yesterday morning just before I woke up. I never have dreams like this. But basically, I was somewhere in prison. And I had been convicted and sentenced to death. And the time had come to walk to my electrocution or whatever it would be. That was it. And I stood up. And I just screamed, no. 
isn't that often, whether it's that strong, but isn't that often our response when Jesus calls us to begin to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, to walk with him to the cross? As we enter into this holy week, let's walk with him. It's the only way. Let's take time on Monday, Thursday to come together and to be with him as he washes the disciples' feet and prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. Let's stop on Good Friday to enter with him into his pain, his humiliation, and his death. Let's wait with him on Holy Saturday that we may be raised with him on Easter morning. I want to close, if you can find it quickly, please join me, that collect we had uh, just before we read the, uh, <coughs> the Passion Gospel. And then I'm going to say one more collect. It's a collect for Friday and Good Friday. Almighty and everlasting God, in your tender love for us, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and come to share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever, and all God's people said, Amen. And then the collect for Friday of every day and for Good Friday. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen.